Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Geo never fails me. It's the Mike Caldas Show. It's 1025 The Bone. I knew you'd get it handled, Gio. You're that type of guy. You did you. it. I tried. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome from the Tiger King phenomenon. This is Joshua Dial. Josh, how are you, buddy? Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. I'm doing good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just so you know, uh, you're talking to us in Tampa, so you are in the Carol Baskin range. Oh, Lord. Lord, help me. I hope I don't get any death threats. <laughs> let's... Uh, Let's start with this real quick. I, uh, you know, the documentary made it look one way. How do you feel about the disappearance of Carol's husband? Uh, well, you know, it it's hard. Um, I've seen all the evidence Joe had because what Joe did, um, I don't know if a lot of people like understood this completely from the documentary, but the way Joe got a hold of Carol's diaries and stuff is he he basically had a mole go in there, a spy, go in and work undercover for Carol and was able to get into her office and steal a journal and several other very important pieces of paperwork. Um, And he revealed those pieces of paperwork to me. I don't think he gave them all to Netflix. Or if he did, they are maybe making a season two. Who knows? Um, But, you know, I don't, I don't like, you know, from the evidence I have seen, yeah, I believe Carol killed her husband. But the main port, important thing here is people like Carol Baskin, Jeff Lowe, Greg Woody, uh, Doc Antel, Joe Exotic, they're all the same thing. They're yeah. all profiting off of caging animals. So I don't see how she's any better than anybody else. Well, and let me ask you, and I, and again, I have no affinity to any of them, but Carol seems to be the one that is, she doesn't, she doesn't, she's not getting the animals, she's rescuing animals. She's not going out and taking them so people can come over there and hold and them. she's and not breeding them. them. Right. She's taking the ones in that have been in circuses and she's trying to give them a peaceful last couple of years of their lives. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I get that side. I get that side. You know, there's there's two sides to, to the public persona of Carol. Right. Um, and I've only, I've never met Carol. I've, I'd actually love to sit down and talk to her. Um, you know, my issue is she has spent millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars um, and and to, to, you know, fight people like Joe Exotic. Think of what a million bucks could do to going towards preserving, uh, you know, tiger habitats in India. Sure. Um, you know, or what it could do to, to maybe, uh, you know, do something for the habitats in China. I mean, there's more, there's more tigers in living rooms in the United States than there are in the entire world in the wild. That's crazy. Um, so, you know. All right, let me yeah, ask you this. You bring wild. you bring this up that you, you, Joe Exotic had a mole go into Big Cat Rescue to steal Carol's stuff. I am complete, out of all the weird things in this documentary, 
I am completely perplexed by Joe Exotic's ability to manipulate people and the charm that he has over them that he supposedly convinced two at least straight guys to to make sweet love to him and marry him and uh then all the other things he's done he was he that charming of a guy to you well i mean he was definitely charismatic he he definitely exuded an energy um that just made you want to follow him and even me as a level-headed person i think anyone that's seen the documentary knows I'm pretty much basically the only normal person that was working there. Agreed. And, you know, I was telling everyone, hey, I was like, I was telling everyone in the, that I worked with in the office, like the secretaries and stuff, I was like, I, I was like, guys, Joe can't keep this up. The feds are going to get him eventually. They're going to get him. They're going to get him. He can't keep threatening her online. They're going to get him. And, I, you know, it happened. But they were so entrenched and so, it, so dazzled by his charm. But they didn't believe me. Yeah. Like it, it, he just—he's just a natural leader. One, as far as his husband, um, it's sad. Um, you know, I am a libertarian, but I will say this: if I was president, um, I would make the possession or use of methamphetamines punishable by life in uh, prison yeah. or by the death penalty. It's so addictive, um, and it's so—it's uh, yeah. so—it tears your body down, and so available. Yeah, and now now we talked to uh, John Finley. And John Finley claimed yeah. that he was kind of fluid in his sexuality. That it wasn't fluid in his sexuality. That it wasn't. We got a little feedback there. It was, it was that he wasn't. Oh god, damn it! I was getting right to the good stuff. Oh. Yeah. All right. Is he calling us back? Yeah, I'll, I'll okay. check. I was going to ask him about. Um, you know, John Finley said that it wasn't just the amphetamine, methamphetamine. That it was the fact that John has been fluid and believes that you love who you love, which seems right now like a like a pretty common. Men- mentality we got josh back there you go josh you there yeah so sorry about that i have no idea what happened no problem so what i was saying was we talked to john finley and john finley said that he was a little bit more fluid in his sexuality that he he liked who he liked and that the meth may have just played a small part in in it when you know joe luring him in but what about travis travis they say was straight too you believe that yeah yeah he was i believe the thing and the reason I was talking about how much I hate meth, um, I have an uncle and a two cousins who have been lifelong meth addicts, and it's ripped my family apart. But also, I've seen the, what they were would be willing to do to do meth. I mean, they're all straight as an arrow. They call me the F word. They hate me because I'm gay. But I've also known of them to, you know, through the grapevine, heard of them, you know, giving oral sex for meth. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. so weird to so, me. And and it is, and it's disgusting. But that's really how he reeled them in. So and did, once he got them reeled in, did you ever have yeah. sex with Joe Exotic? Oh no! What? <laughs> well, I'm way. I, first of all, he's disgusting. <laughs> Ew! I would to to quote the Grinch. I wouldn't touch him with a. 39 and a half foot tall. (laughs) The other thing is, I aged out. You know, I was 28 when I was working for them. And if if you ain't 17 to about 17 to 20, you are way too old for him. Yeah, okay, I got you. So we have a little bit of a creep factor in there, too. 
Yeah, he's a bit of a pedophile. He used to come in the office and joke around and say, Josh, once this campaign's over, if we ever make a bunch of money, we're going to uh, buy a private island and run a pedophile ring. Oh, Jesus. Hey, that was a straight. Yeah, he just say that jokingly, but he said it so often that you started to think that maybe it wasn't a joke, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't put anything past that guy. If you told me any, pretty Nothing, much anything you, thing. yeah, anything you say today, what's the one thing about Joe that didn't make it into the documentary that you're like, man, I'm surprised they didn't talk about that? Um, <clears throat> or did they cover uh, everything? I, I you know, I'm tr- I'm racking my brains, but but the Eric and Rebecca, the, the, the do, uh, directors on the documentary, um, they did so good. I really, honestly think they've got it covered. Yeah, well, that's good. I, I, I think they covered it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of conjecture out there, so I wouldn't want to inject that in the conversation. Okay. Um, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, they did a great job. I mean, this is a wonderful docu docu series. Probably the best I've ever seen as far as how well it's put together, um, how well the information is researched. Because they've been shooting this for three or four years. Now, I've known the directors for three or four years. They've been shooting it. When they when you're uh, you're working at Walmart and you meet Joe and and you get an opportunity to be his campaign manager, this is because of you having a love for politics. But you you clearly know that this man has no chance of anything. I mean, he couldn't get elected for city council sure. or the president. What did you hope you were going to get out of it when it was over? Sure. Well, you know, obviously I had no idea, uh, you know, that, you know, his husband would come sit down in my office right in front of me and blow his brains out. Yeah. Um, had that not happened, it might not have been so bad. Um, it would have been bad, of course. But thing is, is I went to uh, college for political science. And I'm about one year, one and a half years from finishing my full degree. And I thought it would be the perfect opportunity to see if that's where I wanted to continue mm-hmm. as far as my career options, you know, while I still a chance to maybe change my major. Um, and plus, I mean, it's a dream, it's a dream job. Uh, you get to live on property at a zoo. Um, you, your office is in a zoo. Right outside your window is a cage that has two black bears in it. Um, you get to play with baby tigers, take care of baby lemurs. Yeah. Um, all this stuff, plus being in charge of a 77-county gubernatorial campaign. I mean, you know, he may not have been serious, but I was, and we were in every debate. I mean, <laughs> I'm up there with the governor. I've got him with pictures of the governor. I mean, we, we, I really gave it my all to see if that's what I wanted to do. So that's, that's really why I wanted to work for him. It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah, yeah. There were plenty of other factors in there that were appealing to you. I could see that now. Uh, we're talking to Joshua yeah. Dial. Joshua's Joe Exotic's campaign manager. You've seen him in the Tiger King documentary. Josh, whenever you were doing that stuff, did you try and get Joe to dress differently, or was there no way that was going to happen? He told me on day one... Um, well, I actually told him before that, um, that, you know, through his famous John Oliver video that he wasn't going to wear a suit. Um, so yes, I, I did suggest it on our first day of, of working together and he laid the line down that he would not ever know that's not going to happen. Uh, so no, 
I tried, but he shot me down first day. Uh, Josh's other, uh, which he made, he alluded to before, the other major scene in the documentary was he was in the office when Travis uh, accidentally killed himself. You couldn't see Travis do it, but you certainly could see Joshua's reaction. And you maintain, I saw you in interviews, that it completely was an accident. He didn't just wake up one day and said, Jesus Christ, yeah. I'm banging Joe Exotic. I'm going to blow my head off. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the thing is, oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, from your point of view, can you bring me through uh, what you saw? Because we, we obviously can't see that. Yeah, well, and obviously this is very difficult to talk about, so forgive me if I stumble. Yeah, 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 of course. But, um, I'm going to try to put it in a nutshell. Now, Travis come in. He was waiting for a come into my office. He was sitting about five feet across from me. Um, Travis was, a, a, you know, he was just the type of kid that, you know, automatically commanded respect. So when he talked to me, it didn't matter what I was doing, I would turn, face him, and talk to him, look him in the eye and talk to him. Is telling me how Joe bought him the gun, you know, and um, you know I have a lot of guilt over what happened next because he said, you know, hey, you know, a Ruger won't fire without a clip, and this is where the regret comes in. I said, really, and then that's when he immediately put the gun to his head and pulled the trigger. So I have a lot of guilt associated, feeling that if I wouldn't have asked, really, that maybe he wouldn't have ever even tried it. Um, but I know it was an accident for sure because I was looking at him like I was looking at his eyes when it happened. And for maybe five seconds, he was probably still with us, you know, alive. And I could like my eyes were fixated on his eyes. And I saw the fear, like the terror, like the, oh, crap, I can't believe what I've just done. Yeah. Um, so I, I really believe wholeheartedly with this. Was, it was a total accident. Was there a now, part of you? Been, uh, was there a part of you that thought that it, you were being tricked for a second? Yes, that's why. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I don't know if you can see my mouth moving when I when it first happened, and I uh, slapped my mouth hands to my mouth. Um, but I that's what I was saying, Travis, because he was a jokester, you know. Yeah. I was like, Travis, you, you better be. You better be kidding, right? Please be kidding. Please let this be a joke. Please let this be a joke. And then the blood just kept coming out and kept coming out and kept coming out. And then, and you know, I, I, I just sat there because I still thought it was a joke. I just couldn't believe it happened. And then his head fell back. Um, he was sitting in a chair and his head fell back. And his Adam's apple was bobbing, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down, just real fast. And that's when I realized it wasn't a joke and he actually just killed himself. Oh, are you the one that made the 911 call? No, uh, the cashier up front, um, and right in front of my office, I ran up there as soon as that head fell back, and I was out of shock long enough to realize um, that, you know, which, which, of course, as soon as he pulled the trigger, he was dead. You don't yeah. come back from a, a forty-five caliber bullet going from through basically straight from one temple through the other and into the wall. You don't come back from that. No, nope. um, but no, it was the ca- the uh, ca- gift shop cashier that called nine one one. Well, that's awful, and it's awful for anybody to have to witness. And as you know, it's, it's all yeah. the things. So this is what would they would you say? This is I heard you describe your two years there as the worst time of your life. Is it mostly because of that? If you took the suicide away, would it have been not that bad? Just a weird experience. Yeah, yeah. What what makes it so hard is, um. 
but is the childish part definitely. Joe was very abusive, verbally abusive. Um, sometimes he could even be physically threatening kind of demeanor. But the worst part was Travis, you know, that happened with Travis. And the next day, I had to go sit in that office. And for the next year and a half following that, every day, I had to go sit in that office for 12, 14, sometimes 15 hours a day. Wow. And Joe never never gave me a dime or helped me get counseling. Jeff Lowe, nobody, nobody has ever reached out to me to help me. So basically, you know, I've put myself like thousands of dollars in debt, you know, trying to just be a basic psychiatrist and um, get, you know, basic PTSD med. But, you know, I never even got counseling. So, yeah, that's, you know, they, they never, don't, they should never even provide that for you right after, uh, you know, something like that. There's got to be some right. sort of grief counseling you can go to. Yeah, and, you know, so the reason it was so hard is because I've never healed. To this day, I never healed because I had to keep going to that office every day and working and reliving that scene for a year and a half. Did you ever, feel, so, it, the yeah. ghost, you ever feel the ghost of Travis just come put his nuts on you after it happened? I don't. Uh, I don't believe in ghosts. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, uh, I'm kidding. I, I'm yeah, talking about the speech that Travis, that uh, Joe gave. That uh, that was one of Travis's oh, little tricks. Yeah, yeah. Well, mainly Joe thought Travis came back as a bee, and every time a bee would come out, I actually have pictures uh, of uh, of him, like like uh, a bee would land on his finger. And he kissed the bee, and he had me take a picture of him kissing bees. He thought Travis was bees. Oh, man. Mm. I'm surprised he didn't try to give the bee meth and bang it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or, offer, or offer to put their uh, penis on the, uh, uh, his kitchen counter and give him a Prince Albert. <laughs> <laughs> this is Joshua Dial. Josh, I have to tell you, we talked to John Finley, and he's not uh, the best most well-spoken guy that you'll ever speak to. You are a fantastic guest. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, uh, old Finley, he's a, he's a piece of work. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He's, a, he's a good guy at heart, though. I mean, he, you know, when, when Travis committed suicide when or when the accident happened, however you want to say it, um, Finley really looked after me because he was running the restaurant. The the meat truck mesh restaurant, that is, you know. Um, we're all the, yeah. But still, I mean, you know, we were working for, for pennies, on, you know, for pennies. Um, so if I could get a free meal, then I'd go get it. I don't care if it came from the meat truck. Right. And they were giving me free meals. Family was in charge of the restaurant. And for months, he would give me free meals and all that. So, you know, I think he's a good guy at heart. I do. I think he just maybe got messed up early in his life on some stuff. And I hope the best for John Family. I do. Were you attracted to uh, Travis at all? No, no, not at all. Really? Um, no. Yeah, no, I wasn't attracted to Travis one bit. Um, he was very fond of going around and jumping up and down to illustrate how his uh, genitals were so big that they uh, moved with him when they jumped. Right. But um, I do that, I too. That. You do that? Yeah, I do Mine that stay still. Oh. Mine don't even shiver at all. But go <laughs> ahead. I'm sorry, Josh. <laughs> but uh but but no no I, travis just was not attracted to me 
Um, me and Travis are both kind of cut from the same cloth as far as the gay community goes. Yeah. Um, I don't look like I don't look like a gay, a gay man, and neither did Travis. Um, true. And, I'm know, surprised I, by all the gayness. Yeah. Joe is the only one that looks stereotypically like a gay guy. Yeah, my fiance, my fiance Jackie, he's basically a twink. So yeah. <laughs> that give you an idea about why I didn't have no interest in Travis. <laughs> Do you know anything about um, the the Netflix saying that there may be another episode that they're going to release? I I don't know for sure, but I believe there is. And do you get compensated for any of this stuff? I hope so. I hope so. Right now I'm running fundraisers on Facebook and GoFundMe um, because, uh, you know, I I really need to get counseling. Like, you know, when I watched this series and I had to watch that video, because I'd never seen the video of my reaction to Travis killing himself. It, it, I, I, you know, I sat in bed and, and watched that, and I just went into shock, like it happened all over again. Sure. I started, like, I, I started screaming. I mean, screaming. No, 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 no. Like, shaking, trembling. Well, you're, re- you're reliving the whole and, thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I real so, you know, I've been really pushing to just try to get the private sector, um, to, to help me out with counseling fees, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, that's, that's all I know to do. Um, you know, certainly I'll try to get a hold of Netflix and maybe they'll, you know, feel bad for me and maybe help me out. But uh, I have to you tell know, you, I, Josh, I, that's, I, I would like you to give out your information in case anybody wants help, because let's be honest, we've all really enjoyed the, the Tiger King documentary. We've, it's, it served us a huge uh, he, it was a huge help to most of the American uh, people because we all fell in love with it at a time where we couldn't go outside. And maybe if you want to sure. give back and help Josh out, you can do that. Josh, how can they, how, where can they donate? Where can they find your fundraiser? Because you do have some, I mean, you seem like a really nice guy, but I can understand why you'd have some issues. Um, well, I, I guess the quickest way to find me is uh, just on Facebook, Joshua Dial, D-I-A-L. Um, I've got all my fundraisers posted there. Um, I'm do, I've got, uh, gosh, I've got everything set up. I've got GoFundMe set up. It's organized by one of my good friends in the Libertarian Party. Um, I've got a Facebook fundraiser set up. I've got a Venmo, uh, which is, uh, Joshua-Dial-Five. Um, I've got Cash App, which is just Joshua B. Dial. Um, so I've got tons of ways to, to to donate. I just unfortunately haven't, you know, been able to get a lot of donations yet. You know, let me, um, uh, if I I'm can, also time for people. If I can throw this out to you, I I think that you said something very important. You Netflix, who has made tons of money off of this documentary, should at the least provide you with the medical care that you need and i think that you need to in every interview you do from here on out mention that and you should you should actually if i'm giving you a little piece of advice do what you want with it but i would contact tmz somebody who would probably be very excited to talk to you and i would tell them uh, that's your story i'm asking netflix who's made so much money off of this to help me out and to deal with this because you're not you're not trying to milk money out of people you're not trying to be like oh i need to pay for a jet ski you're like i am having mental issues 
that you've exploited in this documentary, the least you could do as a billion-dollar company is help me out with that. And I guarantee you, once it gets into the press, you'll get some help. Yeah. Yeah, well, and the hardest part is, I've been, you know, I don't have insurance. I live in Oklahoma. And here in Oklahoma, if you make, uh, if you don't make enough, uh, like if you make too little money, then you, you know, you can't afford uh, uh, private health insurance. Right. But there's just a, it, there's a very, very small amount that you can make that you have to be able to make in order to get free health care. And I'm in the weird part where I make too much to get free health care. And I make too little to uh, to get, uh, you know, or make too much, yeah. too little to get uh, private insurance. Yeah, you're in a bad, so, you're in a I mean, bad I, spot. But the the truth is, is that yeah, bro, Netflix should step up. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm literally, you know, probably, probably, you know, between all my cards and stuff, I've been putting all my meds on because I, I mean, just just one of my meds is five hundred ninety nine dollars a month. That's when you don't have insurance. Yeah, that's what you deal with. Yeah. Well, and that's why it's all been on a credit card, Mom, now about $15,000 in debt. Um, and so I really, I, I do hope that, you know, it'd be nice if Netflix kind of like wipe out my debt, maybe. Um, you know, that'd be nice for sure. Because, you know, none of this was my fault. Because I was apprehensive about going public and asking for, you know, donations and stuff. That's just not the kind of person I am. Sure. But, I mean, I need the help. You know, I you know, I don't know where else to turn to. Yeah. You know I mean, you you should not you're you, what's happening is in order to in order to and, and I'm not knocking Netflix for it, but in order to make a profit and to be successful, you have to relive this now. And and Netflix it exactly. would it wouldn't cost them uh, it would literally cost them cents to the amount of money that they made off of this to helping you out. You're not suing them now for back uh, pay and you're saying you know you're not launching a lawsuit against them you're just saying hey i you got every right. time this comes out and i do an interview or i have to see this video i have to go through this again the least you could do is help me out i bet you the more the more you shake the tree the more they will come out to uh to help you out yeah great advice i appreciate that well, josh you seem yeah, like I a really you. a really nice guy and uh, I feel for you. I feel that you, uh, you know, you had to deal with that, and you had to deal with, with, you know, Travis and a guy you obviously liked, and to see him kill himself. And but you were a very important part of this documentary. And I, I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but you, you're going to go down in pop culture history for the rest, for the rest of your lives to, till after you're gone. I mean, I told John Finley this. Come, come November first, you're going to realize how popular you are when you see how many people dressed as you guys for Halloween. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, that, that's true. All I'm saying, I want to, I want to call this out just in case Mark Ruffalo's listening, <laughs> because I have so much mad respect for him for like all the work and activism he does in the LGBT community. Please play me on a movie if they make a movie over this. Whatever you big queen, you're lucky if you get you're you're looking at uh, uh, what's his name from Family Guy, Peter Griffin's the closest thing you're gonna get to play you. <laughs> Hey, Josh, I, I really like you. Yeah, you guys have been great. This has been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Do we do we have Josh's phone number? Yeah. We we hold on, Josh. I want you to talk to my producer off the air. I'd like to I'd like to keep in touch with you, and I'd like to see if because uh, okay. sometimes sometimes we talk and then people call up and they go, "Hey, I got a way I could help Josh," or "I got something maybe we could pass that along to you." 
Okay, sure thing. Hey, hold on, buddy. And if you ever need anything from us, feel free to call us because I really enjoyed talking to you today. All right, all right. Hold on, buddy. There you go. Joshua Dial from the Tiger King. Interesting. What a very interesting view. It's good. You know, obviously now we're going to milk it for as much as we can. We're going to talk to as many people from this show because it's so popular right now. But also uh, to see different people's points of view, the way John saw it, the way Joshua saw it, the way the next person we're going to talk to sees things. It's pretty amazing. All right, right, I'm running late. Let me take a break. We'll get these commercials out of the way. We'll be- Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.